0: The following program is sponsored by the National Prayer Chapel.
1: Will you drink deeply of Jesus? Will you come to the water of life? You will never thirst again. Let all who are thirsty come to Him. Will you drink deep? Come to the water of life You will never thirst again Let all who are thirsty come to Him Come and draw from the well of salvation Be made clean, let Him wash you in truth He is the fountain of living water Come and be made new Will you drink Deeply Of Jesus Will you come to the Water of life You will never Thirst again Let all who are Thirsty come To Him He can refresh you In the desert Where your sin Left you lost on the brink. He is the fountain of living water. Come to Him, dear sinner, and drink. Will you drink deeply of Jesus? Will you come to the water? Nothing but sin and death He is the fountain of living water Come to Jesus and live Will you drink deeply of Jesus? Will you come to the water of life? You will never thirst again all who are thirsty come to him. Will you drink deeply of Jesus? Will you come to the water of life? You will never thirst again. Let all who are thirsty come.
0: In almost every case,
2: there is something
0: blocking your way. And you say, if I could remove that, I could move forward toward
2: my goals. But that pesky block
0: seems like a mountain before us. How do we remove it?
2: In the Gospel of John, the 11th chapter, we have Jesus coming to resurrect a beloved friend, the brother of Mary and Martha. And with Jesus, As in every other case, this is also true. There is a stone directly in front of the cave of the tomb. It has to be removed.
0: So how do we remove these blocks that keep us frustrated, angry, silent? We know that if we could remove that stone,
2: we could move forward.
0: Welcome to Pilgrim's Progress. I'm Ray Greenlee with the National Prayer Chapel. This is not a sermon on strategies for success. This is rather direct instruction from the Word on how to remove that mountain. And it's not by might, and it's not by power, it's by my spirit, saith the Lord. But we know that
2: if we can't remove that mountain, we're dead in the water. There's no hope for us. And so we see that mountain in front of us,
0: we say i can't do anything about it this is how this is how it is this is how it's going to be and cynicism begins to grow in the heart of the believer in your heart anger
2: frustration cynicism stoicism
0: finally, we just roll over and give up and say, I'm going to have to live the way things are. I've got to face reality. I can't do anything about it. Nothing can change. I'm stuck. Nobody comes to help me. They couldn't help me if they came. This is just how life is going to be for me, and I'm going to have to put up with it. No, you don't. You don't have to put up with it. There's a way to remove that stone
2: or mountain. Let me share from scripture
0: and then we'll go. Well, maybe I should actually read this for you. It may frustrate you, but I'm going to read it for you out of John, the 11th chapter. Jesus, once more deeply moved, came to the tomb. This is verse 38 of John 11.
2: There was a cave with a stone
0: laid across the entrance. That's what I'm talking about, that stone that's laid across the entrance. All of us have had to face it. What have you
2: done with it?
0: And then Jesus says this, which is even more frustrating. He says, Take away the stone. No, Jesus, you came to take away the stone. No, Jesus said, You take away the stone. And of course, Martha jumps in. She's the intellectual one, she jumps in and says, by this time, there's a bad odor, for he's been there for four days. And Jesus gives
2: a very alarming answer. Did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? Yes, that's what he said.
0: But the stone has to be taken out of the way before they can see the glory of God. No resurrection is going to happen until that stone is removed. The stone is the problem for them. They know they can't resurrect Lazarus. Okay, that's a given. They don't have the power to resurrect Lazarus. Do they have the power to take away that stone?
2: Yes. Let me show you how. In Mark, the 11th
0: chapter. Now I give you this because I have used it. Many times I have removed the stone and I have seen
2: the glory of God.
0: Verse 22. Have faith in God, Jesus answered. I tell you the truth. If anyone says to this mountain, if anyone says to this stone, go throw yourself into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will happen, it will be done for him.
2: Pretty amazing. He's saying, there is a mountain,
0: a stone right in front of where you need to go. And you can't go until that stone or that mountain is removed.
2: And he's saying, go throw yourself into the sea,
0: and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will happen. It will be done for him. In other words, you don't throw that stone into the sea. You come to Jesus with faith, and you command that mountain to be removed. It's called the prayer of faith where you speak to that stone and you say, in the name of Jesus, be gone. Be removed now by the power of Jesus Christ, the blood of the cross. You you stone, go. Go. I don't want you here. You're in my way. You're removed now in the name of Jesus. You're about to see a stone skipping over the waves into the ocean. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. And when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive him so that your Father in heaven may forgive your sins. That's a vital part of this piece, but let's stay right on center now. You pray a prayer against the mountain that stands in your way that blocks you from moving forward. And then you ask in prayer, believing that you have received it and it will be yours. It's a two step process. First, the stone has to be removed, and secondly, The petition has to be made very clear and very specific to Jesus. This is what I need. Would you remove not only the stone, but would you call forth the dead? A lot of you have dead things in your life that stink because nothing ever happened. You were never able to hear the voice of God. You were never able to do what you know God wanted you to do. Some of you were called to be pastors, and now you're in your 50s or your 60s, and you're saying, I can't be a pastor now. I'm too old. I've got to pay off these debts. Oh, you've got debts to pay off? In other words, you have some mountains that need to be removed from your life. You're going to have to command that mountain to be removed. In the name of Jesus, I command this debt to be removed from my heart and my life. I remember my late wife, Jan. We were $70,000 in credit card debt. We had no jobs, and we had no ability to pay. And we took them and spread them out on the coffee table. We have a big coffee table. We spread these these debts out before the Lord, and we repented for incurring them. And then we said to these debts, in the name of Jesus Christ, be removed to the depths of the sea. And we believed it
2: would happen. We waited. We had no income. We had no jobs.
0: We were living as a a couple with another couple, as a homeless couple. They were very kind to us.
2: They didn't ask for a penny.
0: And we simply began to cry out to the Lord and say, Lord, Lord, we believe that this mountain is now removed. Now, what do you want us to do about these debts?
2: We prayed several
0: days about this, and we asked the Lord: Should we, should we call an attorney and do a bankruptcy filing? No. Very displeased that we would have been asked that question. No. He said, Oh, Jesus wants to show his glory and he's going to do it and we're going to trust him.
2: A letter came in the mail $300 from friends that we hadn't talked to for many years. We said, what is this? Thought this might help, Ray. We hadn't talked to him. He didn't know anything about what we were doing. We're sorry. We hear that you're unemployed, that you're living with another family. We thought this might help. Well,
0: we said, Lord, what do we do with this? He said, take $50 and buy food for the house. Okay? Portion the rest out, $50 per bill, and call them and tell them, I'll make a $50 payment every month. Only one said no. And then a little more money came, and a little more money came, and we were able to pay $50 a month In the year 2000, we celebrated being totally free of all debt.
2: God stepped in. He removed the mountain.
0: We didn't tell anybody what we were doing, but he removed the mountain. And he gave us the ability to to pay off that debt. And today, I'm not in debt to anyone, anywhere. The church is not in debt to anyone, anywhere. We hold a very simple position. If God's people are moved by the Holy Spirit to give, then the radio broadcast will continue. If he doesn't, then we will go off the air and wait on him and ask Lord, is this just a mountain we need to pray out of the way, or are we finished with radio?
2: You see, we wait on the Lord. We don't buy on credit, we wait on the Lord. Do mountains come
0: and stand on our way every once in a while? Yes, they do. What do we do? We pray with our hands on this passage in Luke, the 11th chapter, 22 and 23 and 24. And we say, Lord God of heaven, will you remove this mountain from before us? Would you cast it into the sea? Then we speak to that mountain and we say, be gone in the name of Jesus. We're not going to tolerate you. And that prayer of faith removes that mountain. Now, I'm not talking fantasy here. I'm talking what I have done, not just once or twice, but several times. And it's what I'm doing right now. I'm praying, I have stood by faith, and I have commanded that this broken leg of mine be gone in the name of Jesus Christ.
2: And then I've asked Jesus in faith, will you come and heal
0: me? And I stand by faith he will come. I've done what I was supposed to do to remove this mountain into the sea. And now I stand by faith that Jesus will come and do what he's promised he would do for me. Now
2: that we have that background, let's go back to John 11. John 11,
0: did I not tell you, verse 40, did I not tell you that if you believed you would see the glory of God. I am going to see the glory of God. Is that encouraging to you?
2: I need to see the glory of God. Do you? Now, verse 41. So they took away the stone. Now, the reason they didn't want to
0: take away the stone was that Lazarus had been dead for four days, and in that warm air, they knew he was going to stink. Some of you are afraid to take the necessary actions to remove the stone that is before you because you're afraid of the stench that will come out of that tomb. You know you have sinned against the Lord. You know you have not done what he asked you to do. And you're afraid to remove that stone and to take that step. How can I risk taking that step? I can't risk it.
2: No, you can't
0: make it without taking that risk. But I want to tell you, when you're standing on the word of God, you're standing on something very, very solid. I'm waiting on Jesus. And I'm standing by faith on the stone, on the rock, Jesus Christ. Have I considered in my mind, what would happen if God doesn't come, if Jesus doesn't come and I'm not healed and I spend the rest of my life a cripple? You know what I've said to Jesus about that? You know what, Jesus, if that's what you desire for me, then I'm in agreement with you, but I don't believe that's what you want for me. So I'm commanding that this stone be removed from before me in the name of Jesus Christ. And I am standing by faith that, Jesus, you will come and heal me and set me free of this broken leg.
2: And I know he'll do it. I stand by faith. Not my faith, God's faith. So they took away the stone. Verse 41. Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you've heard me.
0: I knew that you always hear me. But I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you have sent me.
2: After you have
0: prayed the prayer of faith, it's necessary then to begin to thank and praise Jesus, saying, I knew that you always hear me. He always hears his people. Come on. Do you you hear what I'm saying to you today? We don't just live in this physical realm. What happens in our life is not based solely on what we can touch in this physical realm. It's based on what Jesus does. He can enter into this physical realm at any moment. And he can perform any miracle he chooses to perform. Nothing is too difficult for him. So ask according to the word. Put your faith in him. He is faithful. He is just. He's willing to do for you what you need to have done. And for most of us, what we need to have done for us is the removal of the stone of unbelief that stands in the way of Jesus coming and dealing with us according to how we need to have him deal with us. Unbelief is just pervasive. But it blocks Jesus. It's a stone.
2: It causes us to stumble. When he had said this, Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. And the dead man came out. Now let's just consider for a minute
0: something that you need to be aware of. Jesus knew who he was calling out of that tomb. He was calling Lazarus. And he said, everyone within my hearing, come out of the tomb now. All the tombs would have opened. And Jesus would have had a crowd of resurrected people.
2: That's not what happened. You need to understand that when Jesus deals with you,
0: He is dealing specifically with what you are praying and what you are waiting for God upon him to do for you. This is not just casual stuff. You need to be aware that Jesus Christ is real. And he comes and he calls forth this dead man. And he's specific He calls
2: out the dead man, Lazarus,
0: come out. And there is not a stone standing in the way of Lazarus coming out of that tomb. See, that's why we have to deal first with our own hardness of heart, our own unbelief. Or we can say, Lazarus, come out, and and Lazarus will never come out. We've got to take a stand, and we've got to command that this mountain be removed in the name of Jesus and believe that it will be done for us, that Jesus will remove that mountain that stands in our way. And then we call to life what's behind that mountain. And if it's according to the will of God, he will answer. Here's another huge problem we face. We want to use Jesus to move the mountains that are in our way that he doesn't want removed. He does not want us to go a certain way, and he will not remove that mountain from before us. What I'm talking about today is spiritual truth. It's not It's not a a strategy for human success. That's not what God's interested in. Jesus is not interested in making you a millionaire. In fact, he may pile a couple more stones in front of that, if that's what you're asking for. And you can't move anywhere until that stone is removed. Well, he's not going to remove it. It must be according to his will and what he wants for you in your life in the way of service and adoration to the Father and to him. And it means we need to take time to think carefully about what we're asking for. And we must take the time to ask Jesus if this is according to his will or if this is something that our flesh desires. He's not here to help us understand what our flesh desire needs to feel good about itself. That's not his interest. Jesus is not interested, for example, in healing me just to heal me. There are lots of people in the world that are crippled. He's interested in healing me because I have committed my entire future to serving him. Walking under his leadership, to going where he sends me, to saying what he tells me to say, to not playing games with the gospel.
2: He wants me to be truthful and straight with him. Yes.
0: God is interested in building his kingdom, not in building my kingdom. Often the Lord will put rocks in front of my desire to build my kingdom. And there's nothing I can pray that will remove those rocks.
2: And it's tragic. But I talk
0: every once in a while with a man or or a woman. They were called to be a pastor. They were called to be an evangelist. They were called to serve the living God of heaven. But they lost interest. One man I know, wow, he's much more skillful than I am. He could run circles around me in the flesh. But he lost interest in his call to ministry. And so now he plays around a little bit with ministry work. And I've asked him, why don't you go full time as a pastor? Well, because I want to earn a little money here and there and I want to have a life. Oh, you want you want to have a worldly life and you want to have a life of Jesus serving him and winning the hearts of men and women to Jesus Christ. It won't work. You're sunk
2: you'll never be a pastor that's not how god works very
0: wealthy man sat in my house one saturday morning he showed up at my door
2: and he said i'm in trouble with god I said why are you in trouble because God
0: called me many years ago to be a pastor. And I turned him down. I said, I need to earn money, and when I've earned enough money and I can finance the ministry because I don't want to ask anybody to help cover the cost of the ministry. I said, whoa, 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 wait a minute. I do that every month. Is there something wrong with taking an offering in the church? No, but I want to be able to pay my own way. So you have a heart full of pride. And now here you are, your late 60s, a heart full of pride, and you know that God has now rejected you. Will you
2: pray for me, Pastor? Well, what would you have me pray? Pray that God will have mercy upon me. Okay? Let's pray.
0: And I began to pray, and I said, Lord, this man has a very selfish heart, and he has sinned against you. He has a very prideful heart, and he has sinned against you. I'm asking, Lord, not that you put him in ministry at this late age, I'm asking that you instead bring him into repentance. I'm asking that you convict him beyond anything he can imagine of the wickedness that he has committed against you, wasting his life to earn money so he can pay his way without asking for anything. Lord, I ask that you give him a new heart, a humble heart. Oh, we went at it. And the more I prayed over him, the louder his, his weeping
2: became. Finally, he came to a place where he said, Lord, he's right. This preacher's right. Would you forgive me?
0: Would you change my heart? For I lusted after money and success and pride.
2: Well, he started praying through that day. He didn't finish.
0: He was called by his wife. I suspect that his wife needed the prayer as badly as he did.
2: We've got to be very careful with God and what we ask of him and what we want from him. If I can
0: build God's kingdom better with my right leg, useless, broken, okay, then if that's what he wants, that's what I want. On the other hand, if I can do more good with a a leg healed and a testimony of that healing, then that's what I want. So, yes, I pray strong prayers. That I have a direct understanding with the Lord that those prayers are only to be implemented
2: according to his will. Where I don't want to be healed,
0: it's not according to the will of Jesus. A lot of changes have happened in my life during this time of
2: Brokenness before him. It's really hard to be proud or arrogant when you're in a lot of pain. When your leg's broken, I thank Jesus for that. I'm waiting on him. I'm not in charge, I'm not in control. Some of you don't like that. You want to be in charge. I understand. I don't accuse you. I just know it's true. Did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? When he said all of this, Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, Lazarus, come out.
0: And the dead man came out. His hands and his feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. Jesus said to him, take off the grave clothes and let him go.
2: and had seen what Jesus did. They put their faith in him. This last part is probably
0: as important as anything else. When the miracle happens, the person to whom it happened needs help in getting his grave clothes off.
2: He needs help that help can look like prayer rejoicing and physically helping sometimes when
0: the miracle happens there's still no resources to go forward we need to be extremely kind one to another helping One another. And that reminds me some of you regularly, when you give, will give a portion of your offering
2: marked for the poor. I just sent a large sum to a pastor down in the South who's been very sick a lot of medical bills doesn't have an income a lot of his income has come from fishing farming and preaching
0: I was very grateful I could obey the Holy Spirit and send him that money because many of you have sent money for the poor I'm just letting you know, yes, that money moves right on out of out of the National Prayer Chapel into the pocket of a person who
2: desperately needs help. Has this been helpful to you today? Do you understand what I'm saying to you?
0: Verse 43, 45, therefore many of the Jews who had come to visit Mary had seen what Jesus did and put their faith in him. But some of them went to the Pharisees and told them what Jesus had done. And then the chief priests and the Pharisees called a meeting of the Sanhedrin. What are we accomplishing, they asked. Here is this man performing many miracles and signs. If we let him go on like this, everyone will believe in him. And then the Romans will come and take away both our place and our nation. How sad.
2: The world does not
0: want the miracles of God to take place, they don't want prayers to be answered. They want you to back away and not claim your place in Jesus. They want you to separate yourself from the possibility of a miracle being performed.
2: They want you to live
0: according to a set of rules. They don't want you to have the intimate, one-on-one personal relationship with Jesus Christ. I'm telling you that the Christian faith is not one of rules and regulations. It is not one of rituals.
2: It is heart throbbing with love and obedience to Jesus Christ that's where it's at the
0: stones can be removed for you not by you for you the miracle will happen not by might and not by power but by my spirit says the lord this relationship with jesus and the holy spirit is one where he is in us and we are in
2: I probably need to say that ten times. Because
0: we still think that our relationship with Jesus is based on rules. It's not. It's not legalism. It's based on -on one-on-one relationship with Jesus Christ and with his body. walking in
2: obedience to his Holy Spirit, being filled with his power. Thank you for listening today. I'm
0: Pastor Ray from the National Prayer Chapel. I want to take the last minutes we have to pray for you.
2: May I? Lord, I'm coming to you
0: for my brother and my sister who are caught, some in very specific sins,
2: in fornication, pornography, lusting after money, a bitter spirit, a harsh, angry spirit, yelling, hitting, kicking, being idiots. They know it.
0: Lord, I'm asking that you would come and minister to your people in whatever area of sin they're indulging in. And I'm asking that you would show them how to speak to this stone of indulgence this stone of wickedness and have it cast out of their life by your precious blood, Jesus.
2: Lord, I'm asking for a powerful outpouring of your Holy Spirit's presence. Lord, you know each of your children And you know the weaknesses. And you know what triggers those weaknesses.
0: And Lord, you know that if they continue in them, they will not enter the kingdom of Jesus Christ. That they have to be washed and made clean by the blood. That they have to be transformed into new people with a new heart a new mind. So, Lord, I don't want to name the people that I'm so concerned about, but you know who they are. And you see the way they kick up in your face in their
2: pride. Asking Jesus, would you come by your spirit?
0: Would you bring deep, heartfelt and heartbroken confession of their sin with no avoidance, with no pride?
2: Lord, let them see and let them know
0: what must happen for them. And Lord, there are stones that stand in the way because they're afraid of the stench if they ever started to deal with their sin. So they pretend, oh, I'm fine, I'm fine. But you know they're not, and they know they're not. So, Lord, I'm asking for across this nation of America a great outpouring of your Holy Spirit that will draw those you've chosen To come before you and repent. To turn aside from all wickedness. To stop playing games and pretending that they're fine when they're not. Lord, disturb your people across this nation. Disturb the pastors. Don't let them continue to preach their, their pablum. Don't let them continue to preach there. I say, cotton candy, Jesus, Lord, turn them aside from this and cause them to say a straight word, an honest word, a call to confession in their churches.
2: Lord, it's time
0: that we no longer try to tickle or please our people. They get angry and they leave, then that's okay, Jesus. I know there's a budget, but Jesus, you cover things like that. You cover the cost of this radio in spite of how straight I am. Week by week, month by month, you move in people's hearts to give as you call them.
2: One lady will give $1,000 and
0: the next $5. But it all adds up. So, Lord, I pray today that you will move in the hearts of the pastors and take away their people-pleasing attitudes. Give them a backbone. Give them strength in their inner being or else remove them from the ministry. Yes, Lord, that's what I'm praying. If a man will not surrender to you and will not change the way he preaches, would you please remove him from the ministry, for he is not worthy to stand in a pulpit and preach the straight gospel of Jesus Christ. Lord, we need to see a great, washing of the church in America, starting with we who are pastors. And if we
2: reject that washing, then please remove us.
0: Lord, thank you for your exceedingly great kindness and mercy. Thank you for the way you have called us out of the darkness into the light. Don't let us preach darkness any longer.
2: Yes, Lord, I know you have someone very specifically in mind. And I know they're listening.
0: I ask that you do this work of redemption in their hearts. That you remove that you remove the secret sin from their life.
2: Thank you, Jesus. I pray in your name. Amen.
0: I give you an address quickly. My address is Pastor Ray Greenley National Prayer Chapel. Post office box 2346, 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22195. Go to our webpage, nationalprayerchapel.com, nationalprayerchapel.com. You'll find many podcasts and videos. They'll be very helpful to you. Well, that's all the time we have. Thank you. Thank you. I love you in the name of Jesus. I'm praying for you. I'll talk to you soon.
1: Joy. Now unto him who is able keep you from falling and to present you blameless before the presence of His glory.